Bickley and Murata. Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Nine o'clock is here. It's time for some social studies with Sarah Cazell. Hi, Sarah. Hey. By the way, before we get to social studies, I found actual, uh, from, from Bix skiing wipeout, I found actual play-by-play audio. Oh, here we go. Oh, let's hear it. A lot of speed in that track. Look at, look at him go. Oh, oh. <laughs> It's the truth. Oh, that's incredible. That's the actual, oh, the actual play-by-play of the agony of defeat fall. From Vinko Bogotaj in 1970. Wow. Vinko! <laughs> He's my favorite failed ski jumper. He invented the vitamin you, if Vinko Boloba. If you guys had video of it, I, I, I would have loved to have seen how bad it looked because in the process of it, it was really a spectacular crash. Oh, yeah. I love your description. It sounds so very cartoonish. <laughs> it was... It's amazing. The th- And just the fact that I was just so freaked out that I'm like, I'll just deal with stopping when I get to the bottom. <laughs> Yeah, well, good idea. All right, sorry, whatever. No, that's great. All right, let's get into social studies, everyone. We're on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. Our first question today was posted just after social studies yesterday, so people have been chiming in for about 24 hours now, and it's we're asking for our listeners' reaction to the one-year suspension and $10 million fine for NBA, uh, or excuse me, Suns and Mercury owner Robert Sarver um, after the investigation finally came to a close. You two have been talking about it for about 24 hours now, so we're just going to go straight to Seems the listeners. Like 48. <laughs> yeah, well, and I'm sure it will be 48 and beyond. Uh, we're getting our listener responses again on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata. What do you think about the punishment specifically? Jump and Shout says it's softer than pasta that's been overcooked. <laughs> like that one. Jacob Barton says, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Clippers guy, Sterling, do less? I just can't see how Sarver can come back like this. Oh, hey, fellas, sorry about the whole, well, you know. Agreed. <laughs> uh, 757 Plain Girl says, so this is a year vacation and pocket change to him. Again, a $10 million fine, about 1.25% of his $800 million net worth, um, not including continued growth with the Suns. She says, not much of a punishment. It's a slap on the wrist. And then I like this one uh, from Michael. And this kind of mirrors a question I asked you guys during the Rush Hour reboot. How can you root for this team with Robert Sarver as the owner? I'm asking a question that I already have an answer to. And I'll, I'll lobby or lob that up to you, lobby. Lob that up to you guys again. How, how can Suns fans feel good about their team right now? Um, look, I'm not saying it's not difficult, but... The distraction of actual NBA basketball goes a long way in that direction. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is the Suns are, you know, one of the top five teams again in the NBA going into this season with aspirations to win a championship. So 
Um, well, I, I think once it starts, look, there's going to be people that ha- that draw the line in the sand right now, and uh-huh. they'll they'll say until Robert Sarver's gone, I'm done with the Phoenix Suns. That's their prerogative. Uh-huh. But I think the the distraction of basketball will actually go a long way for a lot of Suns fans that are discouraged or disappointed. Right I, now. I think I think there's going to be an expectation among some Suns fans that the players say something, react to this, because uh, as Sam Amick points out in the column of viscerating the NBA over all of this, uh, as he points out, the the Suns' relative silence across all fronts certainly didn't hurt Robert Sarver in this case. Yeah, and so so if they feel like their silence or by not getting involved in this on some level created this, I'll be curious to see how those players react because mm-hmm. I do think that I do think that 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 the the disappointment among fans is profound. And again, a lot of fans looked at this as a at this whole investigation from the very beginning as a gift from the basketball gods. You you mean you mean Robert Sarver might be out as owner? Hallelujah! So they're very disappointed from the on the outcome based on that. Yes, element. based on how they already felt they, about right, him. exactly basketball. That's reasons, exactly right. Reasons, yeah. So I I'm I'm real curious to see how the players approach this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Maddie, last one for this question. I, Maddie, makes a great point that I fully agree with. Literally anyone else in the organization does the things listed in this, these results, and they are unemployed immediately. True. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next question. It is still about Robert Sarver, though. Of these three options, what do you think is most likely to happen? He returns after his one-year suspension, and that's that. Things go back to normal. He chooses to sell the team, or he is forced to sell the team. Of those three? Yes. Unless you have a write-in. where we are in this process and this whole timeline right now, I'm thinking it's the first option, returns after a year suspension. I'm going to vote B, I, and I have nothing to re- I have nothing to really base that on, other than just talking to certain people who think something is more is going to happen. I, I just think that if it, if you look at this and if if it continues to be a point of contention for a lot of people, Robert Sarver has got he's got something he can frame as a victory. Yeah, this investigation. And, and and why not cash out at some point in time? Now, again, it, it it doesn't make sense to me, and 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 the combative, competitive nature of that guy yeah, doesn't seem like something he'd do. Yeah. But again, a lot can change, man. If 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 the, if the new governor comes in here and everybody loves him and the Suns win a championship. Yeah. There, there's not going to be a lot of appetite to yeah. bring back the old guy. That's a very interesting point because, again, if that happens, Robert Sarver's got no say-so on what happens In for that anything, full year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And to be clear, Bick is talking about governor, like NBA board of governors, not like who we're voting on in November. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's right. like a, right. a weird right. terminology that That's we don't true. always I, use I in the NBA, but it yeah. is right. yeah. board of governors, owners, etc. All right. Of the three options, again, what is most likely to happen with Robert Sarver? 59% say he just comes back after his year suspension. And that's the end of that. 28% believe that he will be forced to sell the team. 13% believe he will choose to sell the team. David Murphy says, I think the backlash against Sarver while he is suspended will either force him to sell or he'll choose to sell on his own. And then Jildo says, I hate that I think it's the first option, return after a year's suspension, but it's going to be the first option. And because he doesn't think he did anything wrong, 
there won't be any real changes. And that statement is based off of a report that came from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski and Baxter Holmes that he pushed back on the fine and the suspension. All right, so let's go to our, nope, no final question. Just kidding. That was social studies. We can get into the final question. Okay. In off, Later. In off the grid. Okay, yeah. let's do yeah, that. So there's good responses to that question. Yes. Thank yes. you, Sarah. Thank social you. studies every morning at 9 o'clock. At Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter is where you can uh, get involved in that fun. Uh, week two of Bix Picks is underway. Text PICK to 620-620 to sign up. Compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize of 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, we'll talk NFL with the man they call Stank, Mark Schlereth. Next, Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop EarnhardtFord.com. Yeah, it's Wednesday. That means we get to talk NFL with the one and only Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox 104.3, the fan in Denver. He joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Mark, Mark. good morning to you. Well, good morning, fellas. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, we're we, we're going to get to the Cardinals, but we got to get to your neck of the woods first. <laughs> with what happened on, on Monday night with Nathaniel Hackett and the clock management, field goal decision, then he stands by it, and then yesterday he comes out and says, yeah, we should have gone for it. I mean, that that can't be a very good way to start out a coaching ten- tenure, Mark. No, and on top of it, not only did he say we should have gone for it, but then he went back to saying, hey, but that was our plan all along. We get to the 46-yard line, yeah. you know, for a 64-yard attempt, which, you know, the history of the NFL, 2 of 41, which is 4.8% chance. <laughs> Of that actually happening, where your quarterback over the course of his career, and and I'd like to say I did the research, but somebody else did the research and told me this, that Russell Wilson, um, in fourth down and four to six situations, has converted 57% of the time. So I'm not a mathematician, but 4.8% versus 57%. Uh, I think 57% is, is better. I mean, it's like, like honestly, it's like driving your pregnant wife who is in labor halfway to the, the, the hospital and then going, hey, you can, you can handle the rest of the way in. Like, I, I got some things I got to handle, right? I gotta, so you go ahead and walk the rest of the way. Uh, we'll be fine. Let me know what the, hey, let me know how the baby goes. You know, let me know how the birth goes. I, I just, I don't, like, I don't necessarily understand that decision. Well, at least Hackett took some of the heat off of Gordon and Williams for fumbling at the goal line. Not many people are talking about that. Yeah, well, nobody's talking about anything other than the the end of the game situation by Hackett. Now, the good news is 440 yards of offense, and they moved up and down the football field. Obviously, you you know you got to figure out a way to score, but like that part that part was good. Here's the other thing I didn't like though. Um, as long as I'm talking about things I don't like, uh, <laughs> I don't like treating a game on the road like it's a shootout. And what I mean by that, I, I know you didn't score. You know, you scored 16 points. But you threw it 45 times in a game in which you're averaging five and a half yards a carry. And your two running backs combined for 19 carries. So when you go on the road, like we used to say this all the time when I was playing, let's run the crowd out of this game. Because if you can run the ball in, in situations like that, you know what ends up happening? The crowd ends up sitting on its hands. Yeah, They get bored with it. They can't. They, they're, they're just, it is what it is. 
But when you're throwing the ball, they threw it 42 times. 42 times in Lumen Field, the loudest place on the planet, you threw it 42 times. Like that, that's a recipe for disaster and mistakes. And you played that game like it was a shootout on the road. And that, to me, is um, – I just – it's unacceptable. I love you. Uh, so it, you it, yeah, you, go ahead. I mean, yeah. you average five and a half yards of carry, and, and you decide to throw it 42 times. I don't, I don't understand that. Uh, I love your take on quarterbacks and what is what is your first instinct when there is trouble, when there is duress? What do you do? And I love your take uh, how that applies to athletic quarterbacks. And I'm asking because of Kyler Murray, um, who after getting the bag in the offseason, after having eight months to kind of uh, piece together some solutions to what we saw in Arizona at the end of last season, we saw another garbage game from the Cardinals offense. What, what do you think's going on there? What do you what do you think of the quarterback and all this stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, I, I just don't. I I think it's really tough on a play-to-play basis to be kind of a, a spread offense that relies on, you know, throwing it to the edge of the football field. And and I've said this to you guys a bunch. Like it's a like it's really hard without the wide side of the field that you have in college. To you just can't create as much space in the NFL game. There, there just isn't as much space. Even though the field's the same width, those hashes make a, a incredible difference. Um, like I said, when when you're on the far hash um, in the college game and the far hash in the NFL game, there's eleven point. I think it's eleven point six yards more space when you're playing in the college game. And that translates to guys getting wide open, and and you just don't have it in the NFL. So there's, you know, the, it's just a difference in the way the field is constructed. So, um, you know, I think that's I think that's something that you have to be able to do. The other thing I think the, the passes that are just gimmies, um, you know, little spot routes over the center and and things that in the middle they're they're all in the middle of the football field. Like when you think about it, when you break down tight end to, to tight end, like. Tight end to ghost tight end, if you will, and eight yards deep, those are completions that you should throw at about an eighty percent clip. Those are the rhythm throws that get your offense back on rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the easy throws that, like I said, you should have a eighty percent completion percentage when you're throwing those. Well, when you're five foot nothing, um, and you know if you get pressure up the middle, it's hard to see that stuff. And that's not a knock on Kyler; that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And and so a lot of the bigger windows, you know, happen between a pass rushing defensive end and kind of on that outside. That's where those windows are. So they're really kind of between the hash marks and the numbers. Um, and, you know, those those are a little bit longer throws. Uh, you got to have great timing on those throws and everything else. I just think it's I think it's you know, I think it's a bit of a disadvantage. Um, and especially if you get pressure, you know, up the middle of the football field, it takes you off. Some of those easy, easy throws that a six foot four quarterback sees, you know, that a five foot ten quarterback doesn't see, and I just think that's a fact. And um, I had a long conversation with Doug Flutie about this, and he would say, "Hey, there's certain throws I hated, wow. um, and certain things I really liked." Um, and and this was a really interesting fact. He said, "I hated double moves because by the time I pump faked, that inside pressure was getting to me, and then it it, it distracted or I couldn't see my receivers." Wow. So I would rather much much rather throw a go on timing than I would a double move mm. because eventually I, I lose sight of the double move. And I thought, you know, it was really interesting talking to him about how 
like how it took him all that time in Canada. And it took him all that time when he first left the NFL to figure out what he could do and what he couldn't do based upon, you know, the game and based upon his height. That's great stuff. That's really great analogy. And the thing that might save the Cardinals is the Seahawks are the only team in the division with a win. Look at what's going on in San Francisco. What do you think? What kind of quandary do you think they're in now that they've pronounced this team the property of Trey Lance? And then you go out and you lose that opening game in Chicago. Yeah, and a game that you really dominated, too. And then it just all fell apart on broken plays on the defensive side of the ball and just non-production offensively. And listen, their running game is, is pretty incredible. And Trey Lance hit some, like he hit some big time throws that you're like, wow, that was a really nice throw. He hit something down the sideline that was really big, big time over the top play, I think to uh, Jennings. Then he hit a couple of over routes, you know, deep over routes or high cross, whatever you want to call it. They were really good throws. And then, um, the rest of the game was pretty bad. Like, just it was just not not very good. Now, weather conditions and all that kind of stuff. But when you run the ball with the efficiency that they run the ball with, and you have all those quarterback running and all those, like the thing about those plays, you know, the read option stuff is, is think about it. You're reading one guy. You, you've got one dude to look at, right? And and it's you you can become kind of a side thrower in those situations, right? So you flag that ball out there, and you're basically putting one dude in conflict. So let's call it the weak side linebacker. So you're flagging that ball out there, and you're you're riding in the belly of that running back, right? And that weak side linebacker is who you're eyeballing. And if he steps up, I throw it over the top on like a little X drift. If he drops back, I hand the ball off. Like it, it's pretty simple, right? It's a pretty simple, and, and for a thrower, it's a really easy route. As a matter of fact, RG three when he won Rookie of the Year on X drift, which is just a about a. a Eight to twelve yard in breaking route from your from your weak side receiver. That's all it is, and all you're doing is flagging that ball out there and reading that weak side linebacker. If he steps up, I throw it. If he drops back, you know I run it. Um, on that play alone, of the twenty nine hundred yards or thirty two hundred yards that that RG three threw that year that he won the rookie of the year, get this, twelve hundred of it came on X drift. Wow, twelve hundred. Came on that one play. One That's play. Amazing. And it's not like you're multiple reading high, low reads. It's one guy that you're reading, one guy that you're looking at. And, you know, to only complete 13 of your 29 passes or whatever it was, it's just like you got to be dramatically better. Mark, as always, great stuff, man. Appreciate the time. Uh, and we will talk to you next Wednesday. Sounds good, guys. Thank Take you, Ben. Thank Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox 104.3, the fan in Denver, breaking it down. Wow. Uh, that, as, he, as he always does. That Doug Flutie stuff, that's fascinating. Yeah. That really is. Really, really good stuff. He joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, didn't get a chance to do it yesterday. So get today, a bonus edition of Mustache. Not a mustache. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, as we do every single day at 9.30, we go to our website, ArizonaSports.com, to take a look at our poll question. And Dan and Vince, the question here, 
We've been discussing it all morning, but we're going to ask you one more time. What do you think of the NBA's punishment of Suns owner Robert Sarver? Again, it's a one-year suspension, a $10 million fine, and he'll have to do a workplace conduct training as well. The three options, the punishment was not enough, the punishment was fair, or the punishment was too much. I'd vote A, not enough. Yeah, considering precedent and everything else, I'd probably lean there as well. Yeah, not enough. Again, ten million is about one point one point two five percent of his net worth. Now, it, it, that's got, the most. Got to point can, out that, that yeah. that's the max. They couldn't go yes, any higher yes, in, a, in, a, in a financial. That's true. That is true. Yeah, still not that much money though. Seventy four percent say. This is interesting given all the feedback that we have resp- uh, received on social media. 74% voted that's too much of a punishment. Wow. Yeah. I'm very shocked to see that. I did not expect based to on see that number. What we're seeing how, how from many our people listeners. responded to that? Doesn't I don't, say. I don't, I don't know. know. A lot of trolls, I bet. Probably. That number was at like 88% this morning. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. yeah it was and then really it was 81%. Now, so I think. This morning, some, somebody skewed the numbers, yeah. Yeah, 74% say it's too much. 19% say it's not enough. 6% say fair punishment. There you go. Yeah. Uh, thank right. you, Sarah. That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Mustache. Not a mustache. A mustache, a mustache, a mustache. Big mustache, big mustache. My mustache, your mustache. Say the word, the word mustache. A mustache, a mustache. Now we both have said mustache. A mustache, a mustache. If you only got a mustache. Okay, so this is about mustaches. Do not adjust your calendars. This is a special Wednesday edition of America's fastest-growing facial hair-related quiz sensation, Mustache. Not a mustache! And for those of you who have never heard the segment who only listen on Wednesdays, I know, I know there's people out there who only have the opportunity to listen at 9.30s on Wednesdays. I will be playing a soundbite from a movie, a TV show, an interview, or a song, and Bickley and Murata will have to tell me whether the person talking or singing has a mustache or does not have a mustache. Mm. And then they get a bonus point if they correctly identify the person. First one, the 10 wins. And today's theme, because after that Cardinals game, we were left with lots of emotions. We were left with sadness, anger, frustration. Perhaps the biggest thing we were left with was confusion. What happened? Why did this happen? How did this happen? So all the clues today will have something to do with being confused or confusion. I believe you won last week, Vince. I don't know. But I could be wrong. I think I did, yeah. Vince, would you like to go first or second? I'll uh, I'll let uh, Bick go first. I'll defer to the second half. All right. Bickley, your first musical clue. Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion Uh, that would be Kansas. This is tough. The whole state? Yeah, the whole state. <laughs> I, I, I can picture their singing. I'm going to say mustache. You got it. Ooh, yeah. This is a beautiful band because they have multiple singers and they all have mustaches. Wow. So it is true. Was that a different version? No, that was just the beginning of it. Who knows? The, the there was recording. an echo or yeah, something. It, felt, it felt a little different. Yeah, get used to probably all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> all right, here we go. For you, your first clue, <laughs> man. Jumps out to a 2 nothing lead. 
That is uh, Phil Collins. Not a mustache. That is correct. Do you remember that music video? Yes. With the human puppet creepiest things in the world. Yes. That is a that always stuck in my mind. That music video. All right. It haunts my dreams. Haunts your dreams. Two two. Dan Bickley. I mean, what the hell is going on? I, 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 I can't believe that I'm having this discussion with you. I just can't believe this. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith mustache. You got it. Stephen A. Smith mustache. All right, Vince. I will accept the actor or the character for this one. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. okay. A little confused. Kind of sweaty. A little hungry. But all in all, I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, you're going to accuse me of flexing here. The actor's name is Josh Mostel as uh, Principal Anderson, and that is not a mustache. That is correct. <laughs> I never I never thought it would be possible you would know that actor's name. Principal you, Anderson from what? Billy, Billy Madison. Madison. Also known as the revolting the blob. The revolting blob. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. All right, Dan. Yes. This is a confusion and confused-based edition. Of mustache on mustache. Been dazed and confused for so long, it's not true. Wanted a woman, never bargained for you. Lots of people talking. Few of them know. <laughs> Robert Plant, not a mustache. You got it. You guys are doing awesome so Could far. I sworn that was Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, well, right? you know. I was going to jump the game at the very first clue. And that, that was the that. first yeah, one? Really? I'm glad I didn't. That could, we should put, well, we could put that as an option where you can get the bonus point if you correctly guess the next one. But Vinny, you're up. Uh, 311 is the band. And I don't think they're... Yeah, n- not a mustache. You got it. Yeah. They're two. Nick, Those, is it Nick Hexum? Is that his name? I have no idea. I just put 311. You're flexing all over the place there. You're going to have to wear a new shirt soon. They're going to they're gonna tour with uh, Josh Mostel, I think. Yes, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'd be quite a, that'd be quite a tour. 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six. Six, six. All right. Uh, Dan? Yes. He went what? 11th. Cam and the draft. 11. Yep. It's right on the screen right there. Wow. Wow. Wow, bro. That's crazy. That's so love, bro. I know it. I, I you remember I, that? No, I remember, I remember everything about it except the guy's name. The the, the draft pick from Carolina who was yep. taken before Cam yep. Johnson. Yep. Yes. What was his freaking name? I'm not going to get it. Not going to get it, but I'll guess mustache. Mustache is correct, Vince. Do you know who it was? Kobe White. Kobe oh, White. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but that's of good. Course. You did get the mustache point, though, so you were on the board for a point. Vinny? Yeah. I love every day I have a chance to do this. Um, I get older, they get younger, right? Or they stay the same. It's a crazy deal. It's like an intentional days and confused work on today. I've never heard that before. Uh, Do you know who it is? Andy Reid mustache. That is correct. Yeah. Andy Reid mustache. <laughs> Were you think that was hard, Jared? You ever seen this guy? You play Andy Reid well, sound bites every if day. If you show me a picture of him, I would guess him right away, but not. <laughs> I don't know. All right, uh, last one here. Two, put two on the board here, Dan. Two, 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 two
Jimi Hendrix mustache. You got it. Jimi Hendrix right. mustache. Unmistakable guitar riffs. Nine, eight. And finally... I need this one for the win. I don't know this song. I, <gasps> I, I kind of know the sound. I think it's this band. Is it Real Big Fish? Not a mustache? It is not Real Big Fish. It is Goldfinger. Ah, that was a good oh. guess, though. That was, that was a good guess, guess but yeah. you did get it correct. It was not a mustache, which means... We have a tiebreaker. That after the commercial break, oh, <laughs> we will go on, to a tiebreaker. <laughs> we will go to a tiebreaker you know to what? conclude to this edition. The, to stay with the theme, I'm confused at how you get caught on this every week. <laughs> I never expect a tie, but no, no, it, it keeps listeners listening through the commercials. That's what we want. Yeah, uh, it's uh, strategic. Uh, yes, and anytime yeah, you could... Strategic. Yes, so, Obviously. So we yeah, will find conclude... Out yeah, your buffoonery is strategic. <laughs> we will conclude... <laughs> mustache. Not a mustache. After this break. After the break. Jared's going full sea crest on us. Okay, so this is about mustaches. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Weekly and Murata. Song of the day. Here's the other song in Mustache, Not a Mustache, which has not even been completed yet. That I was going to jump the competition and guess, because after you played the Genesis Phil Collins version, I thought you were going to come right back with this. Oh, yeah. This is not Phil Collins. No. Listen, I used to be a very big Disturbed fan. I, I can't stand their covers. This... I don't even like Sound of Silence that people I don't like that on. one. I don't like that They either. did a decent cover of Shout by Tears for Fears. Yeah, that wasn't bad. And of course we could feature the, this is a Dave Draymond and uh, if we play the game Soul Patch or not, not a Soul yeah. Patch. Oh, the early 2000s. What a a time of renaissance for the Chin Pupka. Jared, Jared doesn't the Chin do, Pupka? Yeah, otherwise known as the Soul Patch. Jared doesn't do that anymore, really, in presenting the clues for Mustache, Not a Mustache. It used to be like an every week thing. You'd play one version of a song right, and then another version. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Be, yeah. You, you would yell at me every time because you said the second person would have it too easy. So I don't do that. But do you want me to hit Come the on, we never the yell at you. Let Stop me, exaggerating. <laughs> let me hit the... Shut up, Jared. Shut up, Jared. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'll play the montage. Uh, so... Um, let's do the tiebreaker here before we get to off the grid. Okay, okay so here's the tiebreaker. This is a it was a confusion based uh, mustache on a mustache. So this mustachioed person, mm-hmm. Confucius, mm-hmm. was born in what year? What year was Confucius Goodness born? So Vince is going to text, uh, to, you know, send me. T- and Jared, are you okay? I um, I have no no. I'm horrible at historical dates. Okay. Luckily, I'm not so bad. All right. So Confucius, famous mustachioed philosopher, mm-hmm. 1978. No, no, no. Of course not. That's Doug <laughs> Henning you're thinking of. <laughs> all right. So what? All right. What year, uh, Dan? What's your guess? Um, the year 
five fifty. The year five fifty. And Vince is guessing the year two hundred, both of you AD. The correct answer is he was born in five fifty one. BC. Oh, oh so yo. right. So the winner is five fifty before Yushki, right? You yeah, right. overbid, and I win both showcases. Darn it! Darn it. <laughs> I did both overbid. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I think I knew that too. Why didn't I designate? You, you, that you that would have been unbelievable. If he was well, five fifty One BC. year off. I see. Yeah. I think a, be- a, a better show host would have asked for a clarification. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you would have been I one. You, you would have been one year off instead of a thousand years off. But still good. <laughs> Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. All right, a little uh, daily dose of Vinnie Joe trivia for you. Uh, Earlier in the show, we mentioned that Aaron Judge, now with 57 home runs, after he hit two last night, he uh, has 10 multi-home run games just this year, second highest total in all of Major League history. Uh, your question today is Diamondbacks related. There's only four players in Diamondbacks history that have 10 multi-homer games in their entire Diamondbacks careers. Can you name them? Ten of them? Four, four of them. Oh, four, four of them, them with ten or more multi-home run oh, games. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt's one. He had 15 such games. Gonzo. Gonzo had 21 of those games. Those are the two. We always get those two out of yeah, the first with those two. Yeah. Right. The and there's riders. always one that pops up that never gets mentioned, and we always say, "Ah, oh, you know, he doesn't get enough credit." Steve Finley. Steve Finley, sixteen multi-home run games. There we go. And the other one's tough, uh, but also I think an underrated player in Diamondbacks history, more known for his defense in center field. Chris than Young. His Chris Young. Ooh, Look at Jared. Ten uh, multi-home run games as a as a Diamondback. Well done, well done, guys. Wow. Well done, Jerry. Uh, yeah, we had uh, uh, a leftover question from social studies as well. Um, a well, couple, actually. Yeah, a couple of them. The one I wanted to go to was the coaching decisions okay. in honor of Nathaniel Hackett. The dumbest coaching decision in sports history, the dumbest coaching decision in Phoenix sports history. I only want to play audio because uh, the, the anniversary of this happened uh, just happened earlier this week. From September 12th, 1988, the Cardinals' first home game after moving from St. Louis right before halftime. Instead of kicking a 42-yard field goal, they tried a fake field goal and had to have and tried to have Al Del Greco run it in from the 40-yard line for a touchdown. Uh, this is the way it sounded on the actual right. Monday Night Football broadcast. They move within Del Greco's range. They'll spot it now at the 32-yard line. It'll be a 42-yard attempt. Stop the hold. And they fake it. And Del Greco inside the 20, out of bounds at the 16. What? What? What is that? I don't have a clue. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> that is excellent. Um, another one that came to mind was the double switch in the you know, Buck Walters double switch, taking Matt Williams out of the game in game four against the Mets in 99. Not smart. Yeah. Uh, they lost the thing anyway. Um, wow. 
There was a lot of Tori Lovello responses on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Non-Arizona Pete Carroll calling a pass play at the goal line from Kev. Although I guess technically that was in Glendale, wasn't it? Yeah. And technically yeah. that was his offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, but still. That's but a, still. That's a, that you got to sign off on that, yeah. They're still not over that one in Seattle. Nor will they ever. Uh, Jason okay. says, not fouling a member of the Bulls in 92-93, so a three couldn't beat us. Sure. That was rough, too. Some uh, young, young stuff. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Mark Schlereth for joining us. We'll catch you tomorrow morning. Wolf and Luke up next. Have a great day, everybody.